0: Gunline, 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 fire mission coming down. You're listening to the On the Gunline podcast where we shoot the shit like we did in the past. Today, I'm grateful to have one of my good homies from back in the day. We served together in 2005 through 2007 uh, out in Fort Hood, uh, Texas. And shit, he, had, he looks like he ate himself because he is now twice... The, at least the size he used to be. I'm oh, healthy. And okay. He is healthy. He's a healthy country bumpkin. And with that being said, man, thanks for being here today. Everybody here on the gun line, make sure you go ahead and pop a squat because it's about to get hot. With me is old Nathan. Nathan? Nathan. Nathan, the thing, yo, Nathan Dowden from the great state of Arkansas. Yes. Uh, by way of Oklahoma now, I believe.
1: Yes, I've been in Oklahoma, shit, I can't even tell you how many years now.
0: A while. It's been a hot minute because I know I went to visit you out there when I was in school. Shit, man, welcome to the gun line, brother. Thanks for being here.
1: Not a problem, not a problem. Glad to be here. Dude, happy new year, by the way. Uh Uh-oh. Happy (laughs) Happy new year to you as well, sir.
0: What the fuck is this, sir, bullshit? I work for a living, (laughs) goddammit. I think civilian life done got to you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> shit, I've been doing this big shit
0: for way too long. Yeah, sir. Shit, I mean, you got out, what, in about two,
1: 2007, 2008? I got out before... Right when everything was kind of going over to First Cav, when 4ID was moving and all that crap.
0: Right on. Well, for yeah. those folks that don't know you, uh, Baby D, do me a solid and let's get a little bit of background story on you. Sir? Where from... Yeah, where are you from, uh, and where'd you grow up, why'd you join the fucking army, and why a 13 bravo to begin with?
1: <laughs> so, name's Nathan Dowden, um, I was born in Indianapolis, Indiana, um, yeah, yeah, boy, anyways, grew up in a little town off of uh, I-40 called Fort City, Arkansas, um, lived there for quite a while, um, Basically, dropped out, went and moved to a town called Jonesboro, where my brother uh, lived and a bunch of other friends. So lived there for a while, about a year or so. Um, wasn't really going anywhere in life or doing anything in life. So I've been watching a lot of Band of Brothers when it come out. So I was all like, oh, shit, I'm going <laughs> to go join the Army. I mean, my dad was in the Navy. I've got uncles that were in the Army. Grandparents were all in some sort of military. So it just fits with the family.
0: Yeah, no shit. Right on. So, how'd you Um, walk into the recruiter's office?
1: So, I went into the recruiter's office and uh, he was a 13 Bravo, anyways. So, (laughs) I walked in there. I didn't have to see the videos or none of that shit. He's like, dude, this is what you want. You want to be a 13. I was like, eh, I don't really know. You know, he's all like, dude, you can blow shit up. It's it's awesome. And he was a a paladin guy. He's like, it's like being in a tank just miles away. And I was like, what else you got? He's like, well, For you, I've got infantry and 13 Bravo. That's it. And I was like, well, looks like 13 Bravo might be the one.
0: (laughs) What a dick, dude. Apparently,
1: I uh, didn't even have a good enough score to be a cook.
0: So there you go. (laughs) All you got to do is be able to blink and spell your name, and you can be a fucking cook.
1: (laughs) Well, he didn't offer me cook, okay? I wouldn't have taken it anyways, though.
0: I guess because you're from Arkansas, they figured, you know what? 13 Bravo is going to be.
1: Yeah, so he helped me actually get my GED, because I didn't even have a GED at the time. So Oh, oh shit. Yeah, so he helped me get a GED. He had all the paperwork. I had tattoos at that time, which weren't anything, so they had to take pictures and send those off. And, you know, I didn't have a criminal background, so that was pretty easy. So the only hurdle I had to jump was the GED hurdles wow in arkansas if you can blink your eyes you're pretty good
0: (laughs) (laughs) well you know that the toothbrush was invented in arkansas the teeth yeah anywhere anywhere else it would have been called a teeth brush (laughs) i don't know
1: why it was invented in arkansas because that place is covered in meth and people usually don't have their teeth so
0: (laughs) that's what god it's so great to see you again man i mean um
1: it's been a while.
0: It has. Uh, I mean, we've, we we've text here and there, you know, keep up with each other. But the last time we uh, actually hung out was for uh, the Quintero incident. Yeah. You no, know, that was back in 2015. It's five years ago. It's amazing how time flies, bro. Damn, has
1: it been five years? Yeah. I man. guess it has. I don't know. A lot of that stuff, like with Q and then who, I um, can't remember the other name. Yeah, a few weeks after, like, that was just kind of a dark time. Yeah, it was, bro. Yeah, it was. it was. unexpected. You know, at that time, Q was in Fort Seal. And uh I've always tried to make it a point, you know, when we lived down there, because we live up by Oklahoma City now. But yeah. uh, when we live there in Altus, so I always try to make it a point. Like, hey, any of the old guys, you know, if you're over at Hood or, or over at Seal, you know, give me a shout. I'm 45 Minutes West. We can hang out and all that shit. And uh, I didn't even know Q was there or anything. So wow. I wish... In the back of my mind, I think, you know, if he might have known that maybe I was closer, he might have called and been like, hey, man, I'm, I'm having a dark time. Be like, yeah, I'll get the truck, man. I'm head that way. Don't do anything stupid.
0: Yeah, no right. doubt. I mean, it, it, it boggles the mind, you know, when you start thinking about shit in hindsight. Hindsight is twenty twenty. you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, like everybody that knows me and Q, our relationship was never a friendly one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was but, like oil and water. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, I mean, um, he had reached out to me at one time um, in, earlier in 15. And, you know, I tried to reach back out to him. And he said, I can't talk right now. I'll hit you up later. Lo and behold, I didn't hear from him again. And then a few months later, he, you know, yeah. what happened. So, I mean, it just, you, it, like, in my mind, for like, I'm wondering what, what was going on, that he needed to reach out, especially to somebody like me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't have all I- the people to reach out to. He reached out to you.
0: Right, so I'm wondering, like, oh, shit, I mean, how bad was the shit that he was going through that he was just, I don't know if he was reaching out or just wanted advice or anything, you know what I mean? But either way, no matter what our relationship was in the past, you know, I'm still here for a brother regardless. Oh,
1: yeah, definitely. It's it's a brotherhood. I mean, it really is. Yep. Even if you don't like somebody, that's just how it is. I mean, y'all been through shit together, so. Except for Freeman. (laughs) Ooh, I got a story about that fucking guy. (laughs) But no, like you, you come over and hung out. Uh, do you remember, um, Stout? He would think he was in Bravo Battery, maybe. Oh, Stout was with, uh, with us in Alpha, yeah. What well, he was, yeah. So he was there at Hood or Fort Seal for a really long time as a trainer, okay. And hell, he'd become part of the fucking family, man. I mean, he's I talked to him all the time. He just had a daughter, uh, a few I want to say November, I think she was born. Um. I mean, hell, he'd come down to the shop and we'd meet him, went hunting. I mean, he was over at the house all the time. When he was getting shipped to Alaska, he stayed here at the house before um, before he left. I mean, he was, he, but you and him are the only ones that have ever come around and seen the family since.
0: It's funny that you mentioned that he became kind of part of the family because you guys are welcoming, very welcoming with open arms. I mean, shit. Oh, yeah. I, I went out there and I was greeted like I was just kin from y'all you know what I mean and we hung out drank some brews shit uh you know just Eight. told some stories and <laughs> ate and just it was a great time I mean I really enjoyed my time out there with y'all and we went to go play some motherfucking uh some golf had some golf got to see some walkers some walkers <laughs> <laughs> uh for those that uh don't get that it's a little inside joke we were uh there were some walkers out there, and uh, I think The Walking Dead was a pretty fucking... Uh,
1: it was pretty uh, big back
0: then. <laughs> yeah, it was. Dude, oh, man. And we might
1: have had some beers in us, too. so it was, Oh, it yeah. Was, it was very funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we were trying to play golf in dirt because it was so dry out there at the time, too. The
1: fucking jackrabbits. I'm oh. trying to see if we can hit the jackrabbits is what it <laughs> was. Peter. Dude, fucking... Hopefully awesome. Nobody from Pete is watching. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Fuck we dude. didn't hit any anyways
0: because we sucked. So yeah, we did. We we lost more balls than we actually made holes. So <laughs> that's why I don't buy good balls when I go golfing. Too shit. Of the y'all got
1: some of them balls you pulled
0: out of the lake. I don't even care what they are. They're going back in there. <laughs> so when you got out of the military, did you have any um second thoughts of maybe coming back in? Or I, I did,
1: I, and the the main reason that I got out was the battery. I didn't like the way the battery was going, and. I couldn't go. I mean, I was an E4. People were leaving to do, do schools. People were getting promoted. And I just, at the time, I was like, you know what? I, I, maybe I'll stay in. Maybe I'll, I'll change my MOS. So went and talked to him. They're like, would you stay in? I was like, I actually would stay in. But I want to change my MOS. And they're like, we we really need 13 Bravos bad. And it was another one of those deals. like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll change it to an 11 Bravo. No. I don't want to do that shit. Right. I wanted to go be I. honestly wanted to go be a Blackhawk mechanic to eventually, you know, get into that stuff. But obviously, wasn't probably smart enough anyways, or else they would have offered it to me the first time around. So they were like, "Well, we'll give you 13 Bravo, or a, yeah, we'll we'll let you stay. Uh, 13 Bravo. We'll give you. I can't remember what the bonus was at the time. It might have been like 10 grand or something like that to sign back up for another three years. And I was like, uh, Nah, I don't want to do that.
0: At the time, uh you were single, right? You were still single at the time?
1: Uh I was actually married at the time.
0: Oh, were you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
1: anyways, I ended up going back, um, going back to Arkansas. And man, I, I found it I found it real hard to find jobs, to be honest with you. I had in my mind, you know, when you get out, you're you know, you're going to be solid. You're going to be good. I went to the job fairs and all that shit, um, which ended up getting me into the industry I'm in now, but man, I applied for like Loomis, um, Pepsi, uh, the prison because there's a prison there in forest city, which I couldn't get on. I was great on paper, but I couldn't get on with them because I had credit issues. Oh, wow. Okay. They won't let you on if you've got, you know, pending credit or bad credit, I guess they think you might get paid off. I don't know what happened.
0: Be extorted.
1: Yeah. So, um, Which, obviously, it was that damn military star card
0: was what ultimately got me. (laughs) (laughs) Even when you're out, they fucking find a way to fuck you. Oh, yeah. So,
1: ended up um, basically going to the papers and looking in the papers trying to find stuff. Uh, Got linked up with a, a rice farmer. So, Do you hear that? Hear what?
0: Like a beep. The
1: voice is in
0: your head? No, when you're talking, I hear a beep. Hmm. Echo. No, it's not an echo. It's like a feedback type beep, but we're good, go ahead. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a small beep. Sorry for y'all listeners if you're listening right now, just trying to figure out what this hell is this is. I don't know what it is. Do you have maybe a microphone or a speaker too close to another speaker or something, maybe?
1: No, I don't think so. Man, that
0: should okay, let's push through. Oh, I did just hear a beep. Beep. I don't know
1: what
0: that is. It sounds like a eek.
1: Yeah, I don't know what
0: that is. Hmm. All right, let me pause this real quick. We'll be right back with y'all with the magic of the pause button. And, and mm-hmm. we're back, and now, yeah, I guess we discovered that all you got to do is take a hammer to a fucking computer, and it'll fix it. And honestly, we don't have no. It idea. works
1: all the time, right?
0: <laughs> hey, thirteen <13th laughs> probably, baby. <laughs> so, where right. were we? We were discussing um
1: uh, jobs. Yeah. So Um, started working for a farmer. Um, worked for him for probably six or seven or eight months, somewhere around there. Ended up getting a call from uh, a recruiter that I had, a job recruiter that I had met. At uh, Fort Hood at one of those job fairs. Um, it was for Weatherford Fracturing Technologies, oil and gas company. Um, they were opening up a yard in Conway and they were like, hey, we've got a spot open in El- City, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. If you go over there, whenever we open up the yard in Conway, we'll just transfer you back. And I was like, shit, why not? Like, don't have much going on. Marriage is fairly in the dumps, anyways. So off I went. Um, Worked and I've been in oil and gas since. Um, Shit. yeah, uh, let's see. I worked for Weatherford Frack for about a year. Uh, started working for a little, um, little company, a little wireline company called um, Intertech Wireline, which they ended up selling out to a bigger company called Slumberjay. Mm-hmm. And uh, they shut the yard down in Elk City when things got slow. Recessions are a bitch in the oil and gas industry. Oh, sure. Um, anyways, drove a truck a little while because i had my cdl um drove a truck for delivering steel for about i don't know six months okay old boss had called me back um with another company went back over there he left i ended up taking over as the manager ended up worked there for about six years wow ended up leaving there and going to the company i'm with now and I've been with them 2021, will be seven years, and I'm um, worked. Just worked my way up to, you know, a, a pretty good management position now. So,
0: right on, dude. That's great. I mean, and I think that a reality check for a lot of us is when we get out, we know is that we think that having that DD 214 or that you know having that military back. You think
1: when you get out, like shit, everybody's gonna want to hire me. I'm structured. I'm I'm in shape. I don't do drugs. I'm not in any trouble. Like, what employer wouldn't want to hire you? Right. And I mean, unfortunately, a thirteen Bravo that job does not translate into anything in the civilian world at all. Like, absolutely nothing. At least, you know, like an eleven Bravo, a police officer or something like that. You know, which we a thirteen Bravo in a sense still is an eleven Bravo. We did ninety percent infantry stuff and we were deployed anyways. Mm-hmm. At least my deployment, you know, when we were deployed, cause we weren't uh, a hot gun or nothing like that. Right, right. So it was all basically 11 Bravo shit.
0: Exactly. And I, I think especially coming out as uh, between E1 and E4, it's a little difficult to uh, translate uh, your your job to, your job duties into something uh, that that is-
1: What's good on paper?
0: Yeah, it looks good on paper, basically on a resume. Cause unless you're in a leadership position, you know, you can't really translate i was a fucking uh powder monkey yeah. yeah i mean what's
1: what's that i was the number one name Well, i was and i was a driver but i was never well what the hell does that mean for my company
0: right what's the number i mean one now that i'm out and i could you know formulate a bit more thoughts i've been like okay i'm very good at multitasking here's my example you know what i'm saying yeah. and you could use break down the number one man position and all the things that are going on at one time you know what I mean? Exactly. So, it's all about how you word it. But when you're getting out, you know, the Army, I think they I was talking with uh, Sergeant Cannon about this. I wish they would have like a sponsorship program for when you're getting out, you know, that way they could have, uh, ease you into the civilian world. Yeah. You know, well, I
1: wish one thing I wish I would have taken advantage of when I was in was the schooling. Yeah. Being able to take a college course and, and leave with maybe an associate's or a bachelor's degree when you get out. When I was in, that was the last thing on my mind, you know, dealing with that shit. Like, but thinking back as it now, I'm like, man, why didn't I take advantage
0: of that? Well, because you were what, mid 20s? Oh, yeah. That really wasn't on the mind. You know, you're trying to play catch up to all your buddies that were out in civilian life living the fucking fun time, or, you know, uh, what we would consider something living in the real world. So, like, fuck, what did I miss out on? I want to catch up. But at the same time, shit. I also got responsibilities coming to me, you know, yeah. so that's, and it
1: was, you know, I, I wish I would have taken advantage of that because I saw a lot of guys doing it. Uh, Cruz was one of them, you know, whenever we were all still in, he was going to classes and shit like that. Yeah. And just, you know, Sergeant Landis was doing stuff like that. Like I, all the older guys that were, I don't know. Cause I mean, Cruz was the same rank that I was, but I mean, even like Rean and Quintero and all them, like, they were being pushed by their, you know, leader tank to kind of, Hey guys, let's y'all probably need to do this. It looks good on the board, promotion boards and shit like that too. And at that time, I wish I would have had that same thought process. Right. I mean, I, towards the end, you know, I, I really started giving more of a shit about trying to learn, you know, the gun, the number one man position, you know, the cheat seat. Cause I remember one, one deal we did was uh, they were trying to get everybody in the gun kind of certified or at least you know good knowledge of how to operate in case somebody went down and i wish we would have done more of that right you know it started out because when we started 277 i mean shit we didn't have equipment when we started getting equipment like we still didn't have enough people to do everything so that would have been a perfect time to say all right all these new guys Let's try to bring them in and let them learn some of this stuff. Because when I went through uh, OSET, I was actually on the 105. So I didn't know shit about the Paladin.
0: Okay. You know, and, and I think the, um, a lot has to do with it as well with the operate the op tempo. Was, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, your primary MOS is 13 Bravo. However, we're going to be going to Iraq here at the end of the year. And um, you're more than likely not going to be shooting a fucking howitzer. So, yeah. yeah, you could learn the outside and certify on paper. But uh, what you're going to be doing is get used to this 1114. This home oh, will yeah. be your home. You know what I mean? And a- the field
1: problems started transitioning into more of that
0: towards, you know, once we got closer, it was almost like the guns were just taxis to fucking get us where we needed to go. And that was it. Exactly, dude. I think we only went, I mean, we shot a few times. There were some great times shooting in the field with the Paladin. But uh, the one that sticks out the most to me is that month long fucking rotation that we were out there. And oh. I think we did like maybe one or two weeks in the Paladin and the rest of the time was just.
1: Nothing go. but combies, nothing but convoys no. and shit like that, which it was fun, but it was like, okay, this really is not my
0: MOS. Right. I want to shoot fucking gun. You exactly. know? I, want to,
1: I, want, I want to make things go boom.
0: Exactly, exactly. And uh, they didn't tell us that after we watched the videos or after we no. The paper. No. Well, see,
1: I I actually for a little stint got stuck in ammo. I don't know how. Maybe somebody thought I was a shitbag. I don't know. <laughs> but I think you had somebody on. I think it might have been McCabe because I can remember that. Um, that was the first field problem we had, and we he was right. We literally had to move all those fucking rounds and place them where they needed to go. Damn. We literally worked, uh, I can't remember how many hours, we were out there before anybody else was and they just dropped everything in one spot. Well, not everybody can pull in right there. So you have to space all that shit out. We literally had to hand move all that shit where it needed to go.
0: Fuck that, dude.
1: After that, I was all like, okay, I have to find a way to get into a section and I need to do it quickly. (laughs) Whose section did you you end up in? I ended up in Weimert's section. and that was, um, I ended up there driving the cat, which I was like, hey, I'm in a section and it's, you know, it's still not the gun, but eh, it is what it is. Yep. And then old Sleepy Diaz kicked in. <laughs> old Weimer had enough. Dowden, what's up, Chief? You're driving for me now. Fucking Diaz can't stay awake and can't read stuff back. And I was like, oh, shit, you got to do other stuff besides drive? You got to write some <laughs> shit down? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I struggled with that because that shit was coming over the radio quick. And right. if you were just kind of like, eh, uh, bad,
0: yeah, you got to keep that motherfucking um, you got to keep the, the paperwork on point. What you kind? Know, of and every now and
1: again, you kind of mess up, and you you may have a round that sits in your tube while you're driving down the trailhead too. I've heard about that story.
0: Right <laughs> <there>. <laughs> I think old Dozy Diaz told me about that story about a uh, a certain section chief whose name will not be said even though it probably was already said.
1: <laughs> hey, everybody's out
0: now. It doesn't exactly,
1: matter. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I mean, it's-, it's a true story. We drove, I, I can't remember. We drove for like an hour and had that fucker stuck in the tube.
0: <laughs> well, it's not like it's going to go anywhere. You know what I mean? No, it ain't going to fall out or nothing. It ain't going to go boom. So, I mean, it would have been
1: fucked up if we had different rounds with different fuses. Then- oh, yeah. And we were praying the next shot would be what we had. I think we had a... We were supposed to be shooting time delay, and I think we had uh, maybe one that was detonate on you know whenever it hits point dead, yeah, yeah, point dead. I think that's what we had in, and we were like, "Uh, what do we do?" And chief is all like, "Fuck it, we'll leave it in there. We'll shoot it on the next one." I was like, "Hey,
0: that'll work." Fuck it. <laughs> hey, you know what, man? You got to do what you got to do as a section chief. Sometimes, I mean, luckily, I was never in a situation like that where I had a round in the tube that. I never did that, but um, <laughs> I, I did some other shit that might have been questionable. But uh,
1: questionable, it happens.
0: I never fired out, and I always fired safe. So hey, that's all we're doing. Man. So yeah, man. I mean, dude, it's it's a trip, you know. Um, being able to catch up with everybody on here, you know, like catching up with Cruz this last year before you know he passed. Yeah, catching up with uh with you, catching up with Diaz, just a lot of members out in the military, you know. I, I find this being really great because it's a good way for us to keep in touch together. You know what I mean? Without yeah. it, having to be a fucking funeral.
1: Without it, had to be a funeral. Or, you know, obviously anybody hadn't really travel much anymore. You know, it's... Uh, yeah. Everybody lives so far away from one another that it's all like, you know, I can't just run down and ah, I'm going to go run down to fucking Lopez's house real quick. Fuck, that's six hours, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. For real, dude. You can't just run down to Lopez's house. Dude, no shit. And how far are you on now? You're out by Oklahoma City now, right? Yeah, I'm up by Oklahoma City now, but I mean,
1: I travel so much. I say travel. I mean, down in Midland. I was down in Midland earlier this week. I mean, I'm I'm back and forth with the way, you know, with, with the way this COVID has really hit my business uh, or this industry, oil and gas industry as a whole has been really, really tough this year. Um, Business and people, Well, people aren't traveling, you know, planes aren't flying and stuff like that. And everything getting shut down. There's less need for oil, you know, to, to make the fuels and everything else. So we had that hit us. Um, the Saudi, Russia kind of pissing contest they flooded the market right before all this which dropped the fucking pricing down Mm -hmm. and then for some reason on an election year oil and gas always sucks too so we've had three things that have hit us and i've seen you know business i'm with the board has basically shut down all operations here in oklahoma so i've had to lay people off shut down a business here fuck yeah so you know i'm i'm working from home i have nowhere i have no office to go to this this is my office right So, and I've just seen, you know, a lot of companies shut down, a lot of mom and pop companies that have been open for 20 years, you know, just couldn't, couldn't survive this. That's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Um, I think last time I looked, there was somewhere around 90,000 oil and gas jobs, um, people that have been laid off this year.
0: Well, I mean, Halliburton,
1: Halliburton, which was a big company, it, it is a big company here in Oklahoma. They had a shop in El Reno. They shut it down and laid off 800 people um the week before christmas last year uh, yeah, dude, i mean 200 people jobless right off the bat
0: and i mean like you were saying i mean and it's not just a fucking um just a covid i mean it's just everything the politics involved behind it
1: yeah i mean politics in a whole too you know have it, it's it's put this business back into another recession about every two to four years Old drops out and I mean, we deal with it every, it's like clockwork every two to four years, but it takes forever to to get back to where it needs to be. It takes, it can drop off in a month, right. but it takes years to get back up to where it was.
0: God, that was gonna be my next question. Is it something that can be picked back up to the level where it's at uh, prior to? So, I mean, how do, how do the businesses end up surviving um, you know shit like- a lot of
1: the oil and gas producers they have their uh their stuff hedged, it's basically what it is. So they'll hedge it out for four or five years, no matter what happens, it stays the same price. Um, a lot of people survive just off stacking money up because they know every four years it's going to happen. So they like the business I was with they own four or five other companies all within one umbrella, but they had somewhere around I think 400 million dollars set aside, knowing that. A downturn was going to happen, Fuck. and that was the only way we survived. This is basically with that money. I mean, yeah. we weren't buying new equipment. We were just, you know, furloughed. We furloughed a bunch of people. A bunch of people got laid off. Um, we took pay cuts. Um, no more bonuses. Like it's it's been real real hard, right? This year,
0: I guess uh, it definitely puts to mind. Uh, motherfuckers need to live within their means you know, oh, yeah. that, you know, they'll, no matter how much money you make, they'll end up spending as much as they make. So they're living paycheck to paycheck versus, you know, Hey, there's got to have that. Oh shit fund.
1: Oh so, yeah. You know, and I mean, these guys in oil and gas, shit, some of these hands are making 25, $30 an hour. You know, a lot of managers are making six figures a year Damn. plus bonus and, and yearly bonuses and stuff like that. I mean, it's, when you're in it, the money's great. When things are going awesome, there's lots of work. The fucking money's awesome. But when it's, when it like this year, when it takes a turn, it, it hits fucking hard.
0: Yeah, because I remember um, as I was getting out, there were a lot of people that were saying they are going to start going to the oil fields because that's where the money was at. You know, like the Dakotas or here in Texas. I guess they're, they call them patches, you know, like old patch or some shit like that. Yeah. And um, hey, I was like, good for you. I can't do it because my back is too fucked up. And I, know I mean, that's gotta be some intensive fucking labor out there.
1: Yeah, some of it can be and a lot of heavy lifting and obviously bending over and, and moving your body in ways that you know, so something like you just got fucked up back, it would
0: just make it 10 times worse. Yeah, I mean, I heard that there was people coming like flying from out of state, like from Florida, for example, but fly into Texas, do their two weeks and then fly back out because they're off for like a week and then come back again two weeks. Is yeah, that- we call those
1: guys uh they call them smoke jumpers is what they call them because they just that's what they do but yeah like a lot of places will do like a 14 and 7 rotation where you're on for 14 days and when you're done you're off for a week you know
0: damn but i mean yeah, there's a lot of
1: people that come from out of town you know down in texas i've got quite a few guys that are uh, from louisiana and shit like that that come over and work for me damn yeah. you
0: know i i think it's something that we should also implement in the military I mean, they did. They started doing it when I was getting out. They would start showing like, um, there would be like unions that would show up and give like apprentice apprenticeships for like welding and shit like that. You know, that's definitely great, especially for somebody that's getting out because you know what, Uh, education or higher learning in college is not for everybody. You know,
1: it it takes a lot of work, and you've got to kind of, I guess, want it. I guess is yeah, like you've got to stick with it. It's not something you can just kind of do a little bit of and then set it aside. It, it's constant. I mean, right. I saw my wife do it, you know. She's been in school, not anymore, but she was in school most of you know, our whole relationship and she just got her master's last year. so. Was she a nurse or what was it that she was? No, she works um, She works for the uh, school systems. She's, okay. uh, I can't remember what she does now. Something with money. <laughs>
0: Right on, dude. I mean, that's that, all I know. You know. I just, I'm a firm believer in, um, in you don't need a fucking college degree for everything. You know, uh, uh, an associate's no. degree has become a fucking equivalent to a high school diploma. You know,
1: that's the truth. Uh, I'm, yeah, I agree with you.
0: It basically, I mean, and then people go out and get these degrees and something that has absolutely nothing the to do liberal with liberal arts. Yeah, I don't even know what the fuck that means. But finger, I got a
1: master's in finger painting.
0: <laughs> dude you know and and then they come out though expecting to make 60 or 50 a year but you have no experience to back that piece of paper up you know no. and like you said though in the military if joe was to take his time and do the education thing and say he has a plan i guess the biggest thing is having a plan when yeah you, out, you know i didn't have a plan
1: i was all like you know when i get out somebody's gonna give me a job i'm gonna fuck, be set. yeah was totally not the case yeah, you know, My wife says uh, they've got a pretty good uh, technology um, degree there, and they're all saying IT is going to be – IT and aerospace is what, what the big industries are going to be.
0: And, and that's cool, man. They could have that shit. But the way I figure it, I'm going to teach my kids how to use their hands how to work their plumbing, how to work basic electricity, because you know what? Those are the fields that are still going to be needed. And in the future, those are the fields that are going to be paying buco fucking money. Oh, yeah. You know, because a, a a plumber will come and just to come and see your shit and diagnose it. 75 bucks right there. Bam. Oh, yeah. you got a leak. You know, if you got a leak. I can fix it for another 200 exactly and you know people get mad like oh why is he taking all that money from us well that's expensive as fuck to twist a wrench well you also got to take into account that he's doing the job exactly. that you can't do exactly he's got the skills that's what i tell my boys told both of them
1: i was like I, I don't care what y'all do i just don't want y'all to get into oil and gas <laughs> y'all get a tra- get a trade because I, i'm telling you dude this is a stressful industry to be in yeah it's hard on me it's hard on my wife and the boys, when I'm traveling all the time or late up at night, it's it's just hard on them. Plus, I want my kids. I want my kids to do better. Right. Not okay. saying I did wrong, but I want them in an industry that's not constantly doing this. Right. I want them to get a trade. Exactly. HVAC, electrical, welding, plumbing, something.
0: Something that's going to be needed in the fucking future. You know, and because even if it's not something that they go into as a career-wise, it's something that they'll be able to do at home. You know, because nothing's more manlier than being able to fucking fix your own shit at home. Oh okay. you no, know and it's, a, it's way cheaper too. <laughs> a lot cheaper. Plus, there's nothing more embarrassing than when your old lady tries to call her dad and say, "Hey, pop, can you help me fix this shit? Because my husband ain't worth a dick. Yeah, because
1: my husband don't know shit." <laughs> <laughs> oh. But not
0: just that. Trade schools are, or
1: generally cheaper than it's, it's a two year getting a two year associate's degree. I mean. You know, There's a, a great welding school here. I, I want to say it's somewhere around like ten or $15,000. Wow. But when, you, but when you get out, you know how to do all types of welding, and you're a certified welder.
0: Fuck. And it's, like a, it's a six-month program. You're done. You can go to work. Those fuckers get paid bank too,
1: man. Yeah, my brother-in-law, uh, when I first met my wife, he was pipeline welding is what he was doing. And shit, he was making fucking shit tons of money. Yep. and then when oil and gas took a crap hell he he took a six month vacation didn't do anything had enough money stacked up that he didn't have to do nothing
0: hell yeah dude
1: yeah now he drives now now he now he owns his own trucking business so <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what can't be mad at that they can't no i'm not, no, and, I'm not. fucking awesome shit at least you got a job there in case you uh shit goes down south you you know how to drive a truck you got a cdl right yeah well
1: i mean even like me looking for a job uh in oklahoma I've found a bunch, but they all want some sort of associates in, in business or a bachelor's. I'm all like, guys, I've literally been in management for 12 years. You what can't fucking teach that at school. Exactly. I mean, you can't teach that.
0: Exactly, dude. That's why I'm so anti. I'm not anti-school, but I'm anti needing a fucking higher education when you could just do an apprenticeship. When you could just fucking, why do I need to take all these prerequisite classes in order to get a degree in something that has nothing to do with the prerequisites, you know what I mean? Let's say, for example, I want to be a history teacher. Teach you got algebra two to be exactly. A history. I'm not trying to fucking find out the square root of fucking George Washington's teeth. I don't no. give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Nobody cares. I want to teach some fucking history, man. <laughs> exactly, dude. Um, any fucking times that like have there been times where that since you become because you've been a civilian now for a hot minute, like over ten? Uh,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Wow. Anytime to like you like get um, a yeah. nostalgic start like missing like damn what are some things that you miss from out there or that you that you had in the military that you don't see out here in the civilian world?
1: I mean I don't I like the field problems I thought that was fun you know for me just hanging out with everybody phones weren't a big deal back then so it wasn't that big of a and just the raunchiness of the 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 comedy and the, the male nudity that might have gone on. While oh, please. Was out Do you about. have any
0: examples?
1: Hey, I've seen Cruise naked once. He took a bag. He brought a bag, which everybody used this bag, by the way. He had a Coleman bag that you could put water in, and on one side it was black, and it had a hose that come down. he just leave it on top of the gun. And that way, when we were riding around all day, that water would get good and hot. Well, he one day was all like, I'm going to take me a shower. And he literally went out to the tube of the gun, hung that some bitch up, and took a shower <laughs> butt-ass naked.
0: Hell yes. I missed that shit, too, man. I ain't going to lie. I used to do that shit as well. I would get the um, the water jugs. And oh, you know, that shit was so cold. No, not after in a fucking hot Georgia summer. Well, I, I don't know that about no Georgia summer. Now. Yeah, I mean, Georgia summer was bad. It was bad. Well, I would just have them fucking dump it over me. Uh, whether my gun or number one man just had him dump it over me I was standing inside of my uh, drip pan and then mm-hmm. shoot, just lather up I'll tell you what I did not like was uh, in Fort Hood Um, the humidity I fucking hated it out in the field I don't know if oh, I, yeah. I don't know if it was in, in here or I mean if it was in Texas or if it was in Georgia by the way probably both all I remember mm-hmm. was one of the one- probably
1: more in Georgia but fucking those Texas fucking heat that shit out there oh my god dude Miserable,
0: yeah. I remember going to the wood line with two canteens to go do a quick fucking bird bath, right? Yeah, I put on a crisp new uniform, feel, feeling good, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely Georgia because I was an NCO by then, so I needed to look good. So, you know, I'm like, I'm crisp, I feel can feel good. I'm telling you, I walked about another maybe 75 meters from the wood line to the gun. By the time I got to the gun, I was sweating all fucking sweating and stank all over again, bro. Not looking
1: good anymore.
0: Eh, (laughs) at least i tried you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah
1: um that was one thing and i I, you know the barracks parties just the camaraderie of it all you know i've got some guys i work with um you know oil and gas industry again it's it's a tight knit group of people Mm -hmm. i know a lot of people not just from oklahoma but texas colorado north dakota i mean i've been blessed with meeting a lot of great people i've met some real shitbags too but um You know, just the camaraderie of everything. Kind of like what we're doing now and what you do with your podcast. You know, bringing guys on that you may not have talked to in 20 years. Right. You know, just enjoying that kind of stuff.
0: So, I mean, it's good that you found yourself in a field where it it has some of the culture that you had in the military.
1: Yeah, it's getting softer. It's becoming a way softer oil and gas industry. Really? It's surprising enough, you know, these hands, you know, these guys all want to work and they want to make good money, but... They don't want to work the hours. Uh, they don't want to be gone from their family that long. And it's all like, guys, like this is what it is. It's kind of no different than going out to a field problem. You know, when you're there, you're not going fucking home. So you better pack all the shit you need, unless you're broken or something happens. But um, it's and I don't know if it's degeneration or what it is, it just it's becoming a softer oil field where you're you're almost um as a manager or someone in management, you're almost held hostage by the people that work under you.
0: They're going to HR you, some kind of fucking uh, report you for some reason. And that's bullshit, dude. And
1: it's crazy how. Yeah. I mean, spe- you know, they're going to say, well, no, I'm not going to go out and do that job because I've already worked my 14 days. Well, guys, man, let's help the company out. Let's let's take take this job. You get a little extra hours and I'll, I'll make it up for you. I'll give you two extra days on your days off.
0: Right. You know, you just can't work with them. So it's basically it's, it's like the alphabet. I comes before you. It, it's exactly what it is. You know, they want
1: their paycheck. They want to work their 14 and seven. They want to go home, which, hey, I, I get it. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you work a couple extra hours, you may help somebody else out that might have just had a newborn baby that wants to stay home a little bit longer.
0: Not only that, that type of shit gets looked at, at um, when it's time to make some cuts. It you know does. I mean? it, it's just like I remember um, when we would have the um, in the military. They would do the AER, the the funds, like, you know, the Army Emergency Relief donated like that. And um, I remember somebody placed it in the form of like, you don't have to give. You don't have to. But it's highly encouraged that you do because, you know... Even
1: if you're an E-Nothing private,
0: eh, five bucks is five bucks, you know? Mm -hmm. Plus, you know, for example, let's say you have a pass that you want to put in for, the commander might look a different way of like, did he... Uh, you know, assist in our, and Did he pitch them. in. Yeah. And if not, it could be one of those things like, you know what? He put them on CQ instead. I'm not saying that it happens. I'm saying that it more than likely probably does. <laughs> so, I mean, because yeah. I mean, yeah,
1: when we were furloughing guys and trying to, when I was trying to pick guys and who I would go to my managers and it just basically, Hey, like, who do we need to keep? Who's going to stick around? Who's helped the business? Who hasn't given us any shit? Who do the customers like? Those guys, I put in one bucket. The other guys, we decided to either furlough or let go.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, and that's just, that's uh, that
0: should be in any kind of industry, I think. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, they become a liability. Exactly. I mean, they're
1: not going to be willing to help at all.
0: Right. That's a so, great man. Crazy shit. I missed,
1: uh, another thing I missed, which may be kind of weird. I actually missed the deployments. You know, I only went on one, but just something being out there and knowing that everybody that's there with you all has your back no matter if you're having a hard day things are going good you're having problems with the homes Everybody's, it's just it's just a big family
0: it is you know and uh, a lot of us uh that have deployed we miss it um'm I'm, I'm there with you bro I miss oh, yeah it. I mean I, I
1: miss it I tell enough I do miss it
0: I don't and it's not even the money or
1: anything it's I, just maybe a little bit of the excitement and just you know, you're there with all your friends and family. I mean, you know, because everybody you were in the military with, they're all family, except right. for the really shitty ones like the Freemans. Not family at all. Um, Thankfully, yeah, he didn't you know. Oh, I got a good story about this guy. Um. Anyways, yeah. So those are the So Freeman one time, I got, the, got a great story on him. Did not show up for PT. So I was the chosen one to go find Freeman in his house. so chief says hey go find that motherfucker drag him out of his house bring him here i was like oh yeah sure e i think it was an e3 or an e4 or something like that i was like fucking got this chief gotcha (laughs) so i go to freeman's shit shack it was literally like a rundown ass double wide trailer and he had just recently got married i think at that time too oh wow um so knock on the door and i'm all and i think at that time we still had bdus so i was You know, decked out my BDUs and all that shit, banging on the door, and his wife opens up. Yes. I said, I need Freeman. Where is he at? She's like, Oh, he's still in bed. I was like, his ass should have been at PT. That's where his ass needed to be. So I walk in the house and they have got dishes just covered up everywhere. The house is smells like cat piss. And I never saw a cat, so I don't know. Anyways, this motherfucker comes rolling out of bed, comes walking in the living room in his underwear. He's all like, oh, hey, what's going on? I was like, you need to get fucking dressed and you need to get in my vehicle and come with me now. Well, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm tired. Don't feel good. I was like, that's not an option. Get your shit on. So he comes, go get some shit on. He comes out in the most wrinkly looking shit ever. Even his fucking top, his, his hat was wrinkly. Like he just drug everything out. <laughs> Boots weren't shined or nothing, dude. He's a fucking. I'm so glad they got rid of him, but I get, get him back and tank before even my chief, before Weimar could get to him. Fucking tank was all over his ass. Oh my God, dude. And I think shortly after that, I think they ended up uh, kicking him out for, uh,
0: I think it was failure to adapt. I think is what it was. More than likely, because I mean, that- I don't know
1: why he didn't get kicked out in fucking basic.
0: Did you go to basic with him? Fuck no. If I had, I would have been begging for somebody fucking to kick him out. It's, you know, it makes you wonder how motherfuckers like that made it through the cracks. You know what I mean? I don't know.
1: Like this is the same dude that showed up with two different kind of boots, with a jungle boot and a fucking a, a different boot.
0: This is the same dude that went AWOL while living on post.
1: Yeah how do guys like that even get in and they still get a dd 214 when they get out and it's a is it an honorable discharge or or general, general. but even still like employees yeah. will be like oh it's not dishonorable he's good
0: exactly because they think everything is dishonorable no you got your bad conduct you got your general under yeah. uh, honorable condition shit like that you know but yeah they don't give a fuck you know it, god damn freeman I, know I feel sorry for whoever,
1: wherever he ended up and wherever he's at now. I hope he's living good. And yeah. I hope he's
0: fine, but I could not imagine deploying with that guy. I Oh, God. No, and and that brings me back to the whole uh, the Army isn't for everybody. Yeah, everybody should go ahead and get a, a chance to do it, but if you can't make it, you can't make it. You know what I'm I saying? I mean,
1: the recruiters should have been like, no, I ain't trying to put this motherfucker in.
0: Fuck that. I yeah. know
1: I got quotas I gotta meet, but this ain't one of them.
0: <laughs> that dude, man, he was something special. He was something special, man.
1: But oh, you know I mean, was, he built because um, before he was married, I actually had a barracks. I was in a barracks room with him.
0: You shared a room with that motherfucker? I shared a room with this oh, motherfucker,
1: which is probably why I think, in hindsight, Chief sent me to go get him. Yeah, I shared a room with him. I left and went somewhere. I think I might have went home to Arkansas or whatever, and he was still there. I come back and the room's got a big old rug on it because you know the military runes are just hard laminate at and it's right. got a big ass rug and i was all like freeman where the fucking rug come from he's like oh uh i had to buy it i was like i had to buy it for what and he lifted it up he had spilt a whole deal of black dye like we used to use for our boots that yeah spilt the whole fucking deal on the ground what? so instead of trying to clean it up real good he just Put some newspaper on, it, like that kid off a uh, uh, Big Daddy or whatever it was. See, this covered up newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker <thunder>. thought <laughs> that oh, I just put the rug over it. Nobody
0: will see it. Wow! But I
1: was the one because he got married and left. Mm-hmm. Went to the live off post, and when we checked out of it was because we were living way away from the fucking. Um, from where the unit was like it was it was probably a good 15 minute walk or more because at that time i didn't have a car so it was either find somebody to ride with or walk it right right um and it was a long fucking walk <laughs> but they moved us closer to the unit which was right across the street from the 4id museum
0: right right uh,
1: when they moved us there i was the one who had to check out that room because it was still in my name
0: did they fucking dock your pay on it
1: no they didn't and the only reason they didn't was they were redoing all those rooms anyways
0: fucking freeman god damn why didn't he make one of his fucking free bots clean that shit i don't know
1: bro i don't
0: know and why he thought just throwing
1: that over what he should have done was oh oh shit i spilt it i need to call chief or get a hold of housing or something be like hey i fucked up right i spilt this shit it's my fault like nobody you're not gonna get in trouble we're gonna make fun of you for it but you're not gonna get in trouble for it shit happens you know own up to your shit man good take accountability
0: you know what and that's something that for a while has been going downhill motherfuckers don't take you know it's just being a man being a man about shit is taking responsibility for your actions you know what i'm saying when you do good you do good but when you fuck up you know and i think that's
1: that's everywhere like uh, you see it in every industry no matter where you work sales or you know fucking restaurants or whatever it is it's always you find those people who are just like you know oh i didn't do that I, uh, motherfucker, I just watched you do it. Now, what me? Just <laughs> fucking own up to it. Take your legs and fucking move on. Be done with it.
0: Learn from it. Something. Fucking A. So good shit, brother, man. God damn, it's been good talking with you. Um, I don't want to cut this off just yet. Just a couple of more questions. What's up? Um, how do you think the, the military made an impact in you to who you are now in the future? I think,
1: you know, it gave me structure, you know. Um, I picked a great field when I got out of the military to jump into because it, it has, our industry has to be structured. You've got jobs that have to go out, explosives that have to be accounted for, all that kind of shit. I mean, it's, it's structured and, you know, I don't think I had much of attention to detail whenever I got in, but now it's, you know, I, I look at a lot of stuff within, you know, the work I do just mm-hmm. dotting, whether it's crossing the T's and dotting the I's or whatever, but, just really looking over everything with a fine tooth comb and making sure it's right.
0: So it sounds like, you know, uh, a 13 banger could actually make an easy transition into the oil fields, you know, so long as they're willing to put in the work, you know, cause I yeah. mean, oh know, yeah, in, in the field artillery world, attention to detail is fucking key. You know, it is key. And- you know,
1: having your azimuth off just a little bit and that round impacts on friendly troops, you're fucked. I mean, you, You've got to be attention to detail with that kind of stuff because people's lives depend on it when you're in. Yeah, and not I, just your life, but the people, the lives around you.
0: And I would assume it's the same way in the oil fields as well. Like, I mean, it's pretty dangerous fucking work out there, isn't
1: it? Yeah, heavy iron, uh, high pressure. Everything's in a sense everything's out to kill you while you're out there. I mean, we deal <laughs> with explosives, um, lots of high pressure iron and stuff like that. So I mean, you know, overhead loads uh, having you know, let's say. Eight thousand pounds hanging off a big old crane, and you have to walk underneath it to do work. I mean, it's it, it's it's attention to detail like a motherfucker.
0: So let me ask you: all. Are my people taking those jobs yet?
1: Or you know, there's a bunch of your people in the oil <laughs> and gas, season. and I prefer to hire them. Sadly enough, because they fucking work harder, <laughs> and they don't give you. That's true. They work harder. They don't give you no shit. <laughs> they're attention to detail. I have had some bad ones, but they're they're really <laughs> proud of the work they do. Right. Right. And it's not just your brown people, but right. I mean, there's white people and, and everybody else. You know, I've right. I've met all walks of life being in this
0: industry. And just to to drop something in there, we speak like this because we used to clown on each other a lot about racial shit. We're not racist people, but I do call him, you know, my little my little cracker and my sexy cracker. Mm. I'm his little brownie. <laughs> I'm a white guy, but I'm not a racist white guy. I promise you. <laughs> Yeah, I can count on my hand how many black folks I know. <laughs> oh. I can not too, but that don't mean nothing. <laughs> that don't mean anything. Hey, and plus we have a very good Jewish friend, you know. Who's the Jew? Uncle Walsberg. Uncle <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He's not Jewish. He's not. God, he hates that shit now. I think it finally got to the point of he couldn't take it anymore.
1: Although he's got that sweet mustache now. So you that mustache
0: a, looks fucking epic. I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind, kind of, of through my goatee
1: right there, bro. It's pretty fluffy. It's
0: it quite looks nice. It looks fucking nice. Dude. I keep joking
1: around with the wife and telling her I'm just gonna cut all this off and just have a mustache. He's like, no, bitch. Dude,
0: mm. hell yeah. Just have See, that-
1: everybody says that shit. It was like, "Yeah, dude." And I'm all like, mm, "Dude, know.
0: get that Mexican um uh, it's called a brocha, you know, a brocha. It's like a big ass stash that goes almost over their fucking mouth." And oh just, yeah. Dude, straight gangster that shit. And then you could on Halloween you could dress up like an essay. You know what I'm saying? Damn. it. Well, that 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 would be racist if I dressed no, up wouldn't. like. A- no, it wouldn't. And then you could be big Joker, and then you got little Joker, and then baby Joker, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Twenties
1: and fifties, bitches and titties.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah! This
1: is to watch t- that movie the other day, dude. <laughs> uh, uh, what is that? Next Friday or the Friday after next? I think it was next. Friday No, Friday after next. The one where they I went to the Friday. I can't remember. It was one of those. Yeah. Fucking Chica, Chico.
0: <laughs> yes. No more locked doors. <laughs> <laughs> no more locked doors. They made me crazy. Oh, shit. I'm bilingual. There's a difference.
1: <laughs> oh, that movie's fucking good. Why'd you hit my dog, man? He didn't do nothing, do you?
0: <laughs> Animal abuse.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man, dude. I really, really... This is the type of shit that I really miss out here, man. I mean, honestly, the, the kinship and the friendships and the, the camaraderie that we had in the military is something that I've struggled with out here in the civilian sector, because... I don't seem to be able to find that same relationship with other folks that we shared. You know, granted, you gotta find some some like minded people. I do, I do. You know, and that that's always brought me to a sense of a uh, belonging. It's one of those things that I wanted to discuss as well on, on the podcast, like a sense of belonging to something, and that's something I've always wanted to do. And um, I don't know. I think I'm gonna hit on that one here on another midweek memo, but um. Yeah, dude, it's just it's a trip because it feels great when I'm talking to another veteran, you know. But yeah. it feels even better when I'm talking to a veteran I served with. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah, I
1: mean, we've you know we deployed together. We were there. We, you know, it, you don't find that just anywhere.
0: I think you know you, when we were talking about the deployments and shit. Um, I think one of the things that we miss about it is the the risk that's there. You know, the adrenaline pumping. And you know, just the that we're all sharing that experience together. Yeah, and I think that that's what bonds us even more. You know what I'm saying? I so, think I
1: know what really bonded us. Rippids.
0: Oh fuck yeah! I thought you were gonna say watching porn, but yeah, rippids definitely, bro. I mean that too. I mean that and the the hatred towards Wilson. Oh god. <laughs> I
1: haven't heard or thought about that name in a long time. <laughs> oh, Wilson, oh,
0: Wilson, I can't wait to go back to light. When were really you light, Wilson? Uh, when I was a <laughs> You weren't light. You were a trainee, motherfucker. Oh, and light. Oh, that, lord. That guy was something else, man. Dude, we, your- a, really-
1: we, we, we mainly had a pretty good group. You know, we, we had a few fuck ups, but when we deployed, I think that was a solid group of people. Oh yeah, we, we had, had a- great a- leadership, great soldiers, like. A good and healthy rivalry with everybody's section
0: oh yeah and dude, it was it
1: was just it was good
0: the military culture back then as how it to how it is now was it's shifted at like least- how
1: was it whenever compared to when you got in to when you got out like what were some things you
0: noticed that were way different okay I'll, that's a good question dude uh damn look at you doing interviewing the interviewee boom boom all right i'll give you one um when i was a private um I was standing parade rest, I was a E, none. I didn't have no mosquito wings, nothing on my No mosquito wings. Not even, I went to parade rest for Moya and he was a PFC, <laughs> all right? So because I, it was instilled in me that anybody who outranks you, you stand at parade rest, you know what I'm saying? And then so that was one thing. Another thing was the thing that I saw that shifted the most was the NCO core. That uh, the NCOs were, uh, were focusing. More on themselves than their soldiers. Than their soldiers or than the section or the platoon. You see what I'm saying? So I know when I was
1: in, like I know some soldiers they had fucked up, but Chief took care of it. It didn't need to go anywhere else. It didn't need it didn't need a counseling statement. We didn't need to take it to the gunny or smoke or anybody else. Mm -hmm. Chief took care of it. You had some shit duties, you 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 worked your
0: ass off and shit like that, but that's as far as it went, and you learned. And not only that, it was kept at the lowest level possible. You exactly. always keep shit at the lowest level. But that, one of the biggest shifts that I saw, like I said, was um, I saw the leadership of uh, uh, Sarn Taylor, Weimer, Dufour, you oh, know, yeah. uh, fucking Pete, uh, Campos, fucking uh, solid, Riff. solid NCOs. Yeah, dude, fucking solid. I mean, and they were tight together. You know what I mean?
1: It was a great group of people to. I think we were all blessed whenever we got to 277 to have that kind of leadership because yes. we learned from them how to be leaders, you know, the guys that stayed in longer. And I also think we learned more about the guns and about being in the military from those guys from watching them.
0: Dude, and that's one thing I learned was like, you know, I, I as I was getting out, you know, I was still trying to fucking guide my soldiers, trying to be there for my soldiers. I wasn't going to be my soldiers' friends. That's one thing I wasn't going to be. But I was going to be there for them. I might chew your motherfucking ass out and dig in it, but right afterwards, I'm going to be like, all right, now let's go fucking do this. You know, let's go hang out. Let's go. Yeah. But there was, it was just different, dude. And I just saw that. It, I saw a lot of motherfuckers getting promoted with uh, not worthy of promotion. You know, they were promoted to sergeant just be simply because of the time that they've had in the military.
1: Yeah.
0: And, dude, I don't give a fuck if a motherfucker's been there in eight years. If he can't lead, he can't fucking lead. Don't put him in
1: a leadership position.
0: But here goes the good old army, and they're fucking like, oh, well, he has the potential. No. Ask the first-line leader if he has the potential. There's a reason that motherfucker's still there. So I just I saw that, and I, I saw the... The NCO core again go more to being wanted to be liked versus being respected and feared, if that makes sense. Because I feared the fuck out of our NCOs. But oh, I, I did too. Them. And well, they were
1: well respected. And any of them asked us or me, you know, hey, thousands, go down here
0: yes. Mm-hmm. but and gotcha.
1: There were still it some of- oh well, you know, my chief's got to do something else, you know, yada yada. No, you fucking go do that shit and
0: you can take the chewing from your chief later exactly dude and that's another thing bro here's another one that since you brought this up you're opening up a can of worms here um <laughs> the only time you would ever talk to first sergeant was if you had like a red cross message or you're about to get your ass dug into you're about to go see the oh, man. Yeah. other than well, that you had a good
1: first sergeant first sergeant written would talk to anybody
0: got it but you know i've never had any um I just know the leadership that he had. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But it's not like I ever had like a, a one-on-one relationship with him. Yeah, I know, no, and- Hey,
1: what's going on, you know? what's Right. Happening? It wasn't
0: one of those things right there because, again, <laughs> back then, the only time you talked to your first son was Red Cross message or your ass is in deep shit. Exactly. And uh, I was in deep shit when I had to go see him and fucking Flores for uh <laughs> oh, Yes. Yeah. A little drinky, drink, drink. <laughs> I know
1: you, and because of that, you caused everybody had to go stand up in that fucking conference room that everybody's brains had to go get gone through. Really? Yeah. Oh, it, since you had liquor, everybody else had to have it too, right?
0: I guess, but uh, hey, at least I didn't snitch on nobody, goddammit. I went down with the chip. Right, I, went, up, I went
1: down, took it all on my own.
0: I did, Chief. I did. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's one thing. That's the shit that I've seen, that, you know, yeah, you could have a personal relationship with your soldiers, but it's always got to be a professional, you know? Yeah. And you got, unless you find those ones and twos that know how to flip the switch, in Korea, you saw that a lot. Motherfuckers knew that. All right, during party time, we're partying, but work is fucking work. I'm still cheap. Yeah, but probably over
1: there, you probably had to, because, I mean,
0: that,
1: that's all you got, all the people
0: you have to hang out with, so everybody you fucking work with every day. So, oh, yeah. you know, you it, really don't have much of an option didn't you really didn't because you always see each other in the same fucking club in the same fucking bill all the time yeah
1: you're gonna run into them all the time you may as well just grow to like them
0: what are some things that yum that you really miss about the uh the military
1: if you go going to work with my friends every day
0: yeah i mean
1: that's you know i love going to the motor pool even though it fucking sucked but seeing everybody at the motor pool um you know barracks parties pretty fun (laughs) Lopez jumping in fires and shit like that you know
0: allegedly
1: I was pushed no there's a lot of people I think everybody else's stories line up pretty pretty well (laughs) I think you're the only one that says you were pushed into the fire
0: dude all I remember that night was uh, prior to falling down on that Chooks he was walking around with a bottle of fucking I don't know if it was Presidente or Dom P but just fucking taken to the head bro and oh. I fell in the fire <laughs> good times i um, think two people fell in the fire that night didn't they mm-hmm. i no? fell in and i think i thought maybe
1: granice is granice tried to jump over it or
0: something like that didn't he even get caught up in it something about that yeah all i remember was he said he woke up with his uh shoes that were melted yeah, I think he tried to walk through
1: it or jump over it and landed in it or some shit like that.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. Dude, it um it was great seeing Granice here. Um, you know, under different circumstances would have been better. But uh hanging out with Granice, hung out with Roberson, even Musty McCabe. It was good hanging out with him and Kowalsik and um and bash, you know. Yeah, it was really good seeing them linking up. I'll tell you what, uh, there was no Social distancing involved, like Man, who's got time for all that shit anyway? I'm just saying that like, we saw each other, we hugged, no mask, no nothing. Yeah. And guess what? I'm I'm still good here. <laughs> so, <I'm on> time. <laughs> so yeah, man, I'm I'm really hoping that we um that we can start getting. I, I know there was some shit being talked about on the two seven seven FA page about doing a fucking reunion. This yeah, and weekend. I don't know.
1: I I think that's a bigger group of 582 guys to be honest with you right and that's the way i was feeling about- at first it started as a 582 deal and everybody's like oh well, i was 582 and 277 so then they added 277 but I, I think it was mainly geared towards the 582 guys which is fine there's
0: nothing wrong with it not at all not at all i mean but, you know i don't know fucking 90 percent of them motherfuckers right I, I i was 277 and that's all i was a 582 tours, cool with y'all man right on i mean some yeah. of my folks went to that and became that first calf bullshit, but um, I'm 277 to like... There, their
1: sweet hats and their fucking stirrups or whatever those things are. Stirrups. They had the Stetsons and stirrups. the stirrups. Are they stirrups? <laughs> Is that what they're called? I don't think they're called stirrups, but... You know. Stirrups, okay. Stirrups. Spurs. There stirrups. we go. Spurs. 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 Yeah, I think they had spurs that they wore on their funny little mountain boots.
0: That's right. That's so <laughs> cute. They wear a nice little Stetson and... and and fucking Spurs, how cute! Get the fuck out of here! I'm a red leg, goddamn it! I think fucking first Cavs about
1: the only one that's got all that stuff, anyways, isn't it? Right, like, I think what four uh, ID have? We didn't have no sweet hats or none of that shit.
0: Fuck no, we don't need that shit. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Fuck that! We were two seven seven, baby. We were the bastard children of the goddamn brigade. But uh, we were. But shit. We, we were the best. Goddamn <laughs> right. Goddamn right. <laughs> And I made the best fucking friendships there, man. Dude, um, before we wrap this up, man, anything you want to go ahead and uh, give any kind of advice to anybody that might be listening to this that's in or on their way out or transition? Oh,
1: man. If you're still in, use the school shit. Because I promise you, people are looking, employers are looking for people with degrees. It's just, you, get, you may have a great resume, but if you don't have that associates or business degree, they're, eh, nah, we're out. You know, um, don't take it for granted either. I mean, that was some of the best times I've ever had in my life. And there's days where I wish I would have stayed in longer, but there's probably a reason I didn't, you know, maybe God didn't want me to go. Maybe that next deployment, you know, I we may not be having this
0: conversation. Amen to that, brother. Amen so uh,
1: other than that, you know, just, just really look at what you want to do um, when you get out and, and clear the path for
0: it. Words of wisdom from fucking Baby D, oh, The guy who
1: transitioned out of the military relatively
0: easy, and, and the guy who wore a fucking big ass styrofoam hat. And Ooh, I,
1: I had a big old Viking hat on last night. The fuck? Let me see if I can pull it up. Hold on. <laughs> let me let me look real quick. Yeah, so
0: I'll pull funny. it up on the old Face Space for you oh god I see dude. here dude i'm so ready to get rid of social media but but you know what i'm, I'm looking forward what in the? whoa look at that shit look how Ooh. sexy I am. Ooh-hoo. Ooh-hoo. that's a sexy <laughs> <shit>. <laughs>
1: that's my viking hat
0: <laughs> so i guess you retired well the 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 sheriff one got taken by the iraqis right
1: i finally had to throw that thing away it was starting to Kind of changed weird colors. And uh, I remember throwing it in the dumpster and was coming back from breakfast or lunch or something like that. And one of them fucking Iraqis that dug that bitch out of the dumpster and was wearing it through the fob.
0: <laughs> Those motherfuckers would fucking take anything you throw out, man. I know. And of all the things for me to stuff
1: inside of a, a duffel bag, why would I stick a big giant blue foam hat in there? Because
0: you were fucking doubting. Doubting of fucking 15 years ago is not the same Doubting that, is, that he is now. He's a I'm broad. still sexy. I'm
1: still tall. I'm a little bit more in shape is what I'll call it because rounds
0: of shape. Yeah, it is. You're fluffy. I'm in shape. You're fluffy, baby. You love I'm you still sexy. a goofy motherfucker, though. <laughs> and we love you that way. Don't ever change, baby. <laughs> it wow. drives
1: my wife crazy sometimes, but
0: hey. <laughs> I'm glad to have you here on the Gun Line, man. I hope you come back on here sometime and shoot the shit with us again. Yeah, anytime, man. I appreciate it. Happy New Year again to you and your family, and um, dude, it's been awesome catching up with you. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of fellas out there uh, waiting, waiting to see this podcast because they know they they want to hear from you and how you've been.
1: We're gonna have to do a part two.
0: We must. That we must. I may.
1: I've got some work going on down south of San Antonio, so if I have to make a trip down there. Mikasa, casa Come holler at you.
0: Come holla, holla, holla. <laughs> All right,
1: brother. Even dude, though you know you don't drink anymore, but we can
0: still hang out. Oh, yeah, dude. I don't drink, but I, I'm okay with not drinking. <laughs> um, two and a half years almost now. Damn. Yeah. If, if we remembered who this guy was when he would drink, yeah. It's a good You're thing re- I don't drink anymore. You're still a good time. You're still a good time. <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, depends what kind of. Good time with you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. A gun line. I'll catch you on Wednesday for the midweek memo. I always say Wednesday, but I ended up dropping that shit on Tuesday. But um love, peace, and hair grease. I'll catch y'all then. Happy New Year to everybody. And rounds complete. Intermission. Gun line out. Bye, motherfuckers. <laughs>